From the Whiskey Tangent Studios in Marlton, New Jersey, this is Whiskey Tangent News. Hey everybody, this is Ed from the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, back with another episode of Whiskey News. And joining me as always is Scott. Hey everybody. Let me tell you what we are going to do today. So there's going to be nine news stories. Four are going to be based on industry, industry news. Two are going to be of the financial type. We're going to have two more stories that cover sports and entertainment. And back this month is a true crime. (laughs) That's right. Always our favorites. Sometimes funny, sometimes sad, Mm. sometimes funny and sad. This one's kind of surprising. True crime, (laughs) funny and sad, sometimes surprising. (laughs) That's right. Um, We'll also tell you about 15 new whiskeys that you can buy. Yeah. And then what's coming up in March and April. It's an exciting time of the year. Yes. For the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, and we're going to have a special unveiling of something that was sent to me by a friend. That's right. And it's something I think a lot of people out there are going to be interested in. Yeah, cool. And we're going to keep that a surprise. Okay. All right. So it is February 2024, and here's all the news that's fit to drink. In industry news, our first story from Whiskey Advocate, a dry Kentucky County finally gets wet. <laughs> this is my title, not Whiskey Advocate. I mean, title. what a stubborn bitch you are if you're in Kentucky and you refuse to have alcohol in your county. Yeah. Like, no, none here. Yeah. For New Jersey people, that's what we call Ocean City. <laughs> stubborn. That's right. Garrett County, Kentucky has an interesting distinction in the whiskey world. It's the birthplace of Carrie Nation, mostly remembered for her hatchet-wielding attacks on taverns and saloons around the turn of the 20th century as part of nationwide efforts to enact prohibition. But another distinction of Garrett County was that it had been dry until November of 2023 when its citizens finally voted to allow alcohol to be manufactured and sold within its borders. And now it even has its own distillery, the first since the 1800s. The new Garrett County Distilling Company is owned by Staghorn, an Atlanta-based company founded in 2018. Why don't they make it in Atlanta then? I just don't understand. Well, by, well I don't know. <laughs> now who's stubborn? Yeah. By Ray Franklin, a former beer and liquor distributor who had been producing a sourced whiskey called All Nations since 2019. The name commemorates the fact that many liquor establishments in Carrie Nation's day hung signs in the window that read, All Nations Welcome, Except Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah. What a psycho she was. If you want to know all about Carrie Nation, go back to our first Wiscomentary. Yeah. And uh, was that season two? Season two, yeah. January of 2021. No, 2020. Mm-hmm. Pre-pandemic. The original distillery announcement was planned for 2020, but as we know, COVID caused delays. Construction continued, however, and Garrett County Distilling is now fully operational, having filled its first barrel just last month on January 2nd. Their focus is on high rye bourbons, although smaller amounts of weeded bourbon, rye, and single malt will also be in the offing, with about 17,000 barrels already aging on site. Located in the city of Lancaster on 210 acres of land, their still house measures 50,000 square feet and is capable of producing up to 8.5 million proof gallons per year, or 150,000 barrels. Plans call for a total of 30 25,000 barrel capacity warehouses by 2030. They've already built two, with a visitor center and tasting room opening by the end of this year. The visitor center sounds very very presumptuous we don't even know who you are right you know that would be like me laying in like bathroom supplies for the girl staying over tonight when there's no one staying over tonight it's very presumptuous on my part very presumptuous their distilling team of 20 people came with experience come with experience i shouldn't say i shouldn't say it like that i've come with enthusiasm in my life 
Well, they're coming with experience. That's <laughs> all. Well, I, mm, I don't know about that, but I'm definitely uh, enthusiastic. <laughs> Come with experience from Four Roses, Wild Turkey, NGP, and elsewhere, and their first master distiller is expected to be announced soon. It's too early for us to even have a brand relief from them or anything, right? Are they even sourced? Except for the All Nations. Oh, right. They've, yeah. they've already been making. Right, yeah. right, right. They have 17,000 barrels aging already. So it'll probably be a couple years before we get something from them of their own. What I meant is they haven't announced any additional brand names or anything because no. it's too early. Okay. No, they haven't. That's fun. All right. And one more time, what's the name of the distillery? Uh, Garrett County Distilling Company. Oh, well, that's not the most original one. No, it's not. You know, it's like Newfoundland in Canada. <laughs> All right, so our second story is from Breaking Bourbon. New Riff hires its first master distiller. Newport, Kentucky-based New Riff Distilling has announced that their head distiller, Brian Sprantz, has been named master distiller, the first designation in the distillery's history. Upon joining New Riff at its inception in 2014, Sprantz was mentored by consulting master distiller and godfather of rye whiskey, Larry Ebersold, an unrivaled authority in the world of distillation and American whiskey. Together with New Riff co-owner Jay Arisman, they launched the distillery and laid the foundation for the flavor profiles of its spirits and aging regimen. The master distiller announcement kicks off an eventful year for New Riff that will include expansion into new states, several 10th anniversary celebrations, and the release of older aged whiskey. Said co-owner and chief executive officer, Ken Lewis, 2024 will be a transformational year for New Riff. The team has put in a lot of work behind the scenes, and I'm excited to share those efforts with our customers. There we go. New Riff has never let me down. No. Never let me down. I'm excited to drink anything they put out. We did an episode last summer. Yeah, it was amazing. And did, uh, is this because they sourced and blended before, and now they're distilling their own? No, they've always been distilling. They've always around. distilled their own. That's what I thought. Yeah. So it's interesting. They never had a master distiller. I don't. Yeah, I don't know the difference between head distiller and master distiller. I, I, well, is it like a head chef and a master? I don't know. Like right, I me, don't know. A sous chef and a head chef, or is it like I don't know? I guess it's probably different for every company, right? And then they just didn't have one because they had a consulting one. And now right. I guess the, oh, that's that makes sense. He's got enough experience under his belt right. that they decided to promote him. Got it. That makes sense. Though. Yeah. Thank and, you. Yeah, I talked myself through that. Yeah, yeah I'm, glad, I'm glad we worked that out. <laughs> yeah, glad we had this talk. Um, so the third story we have in industry news from consumergoods.com, Brown Foreman shakes up their marketing team. Effective March 1st, Brown Foreman, the parent company of Jack Daniels, Woodford Reserve, Old Forester, and Diplomatico... Rum has made two changes to its marketing lineup. Mark Bacon will be the new managing director of Jack Daniels, and Mia Simpson Culp will be the new managing director of Woodford Reserve and Old Forester. Bacon started as a sales rep at Brown Foreman in 1989 and has held several sales and marketing roles, including managing director of Super Premium American Whiskey. Meanwhile, Culp has been managing director of the company's tequila division since 2021. I have to tell you, both of those promotions sound strange to me. Like, yeah. Yeah, like I'm in charge of tequila, so now I'm in charge of two amazing whiskey brands yeah and i'm also hey i sold a lot of whiskey i've been around the company forever i mean it kind of makes sense but if it's just the corporate growing of the brand and the nurturing the brand then maybe that's what these guys are good yeah, at. yeah it's it's marketing so i'm i'm guessing that she was so good at marketing their tequilas they're like well let's put her in head of woodford reserve and old forester I, maybe Though, she was that good. To me, those two sell themselves, but it's fine. All right. So the new appointments come at an important time for Brown Foreman's marketing strategy, which in recent years has implemented an integrated marketing approach that has enabled better communication between brands and teams to help the right content reach the right customer. Surprisingly, Scott and I could both have been available for these positions. <laughs> Except we know nothing about marketing. Wow. Nothing? How do you think we get dozens of views on our podcast every month? <laughs> My point exactly. <laughs> 
So I've included this because we have talked uh, on air and also yeah. privately about all the moves that Jack Daniels has been making yes. in the in their whiskey making. Yes. But now they have to get that knowledge out to consumers. Like, mm. hey, we have all these whiskeys. Because right, prior I, to that, we thought they just had a couple brands. Yeah, basically it was Jack Daniels. And then if you want to go crazy, you went to Gentleman Jack. Right. And then we knew they came out with the single barrels, but they were, most people looked at them as, oh, I'm not paying $50 for Jack Daniels. And mm-hmm. so if you liked it, you bought it. But now they've come out with quite a bit more. Yeah. Not to mention the Sinatra, too, and things like that. that yeah. And the 10-year. Yep. And the 12-year. Yep. So, I mean, Jack Daniels has done more the last, I don't know, six years, Yeah. maybe five years, than they've done in the uh, 30 years before it. Yeah, the Bonded series. We just did the Rye. Yes, the Bonded, <laughs> the Bonded Rye, and the Triple Mesh. That's right. The fourth and last story in industry news, the World Whiskies Awards have announced their winners. This was not one that we included on our whiskey metric on tasting competitions, but it was one that I had come across. Okay. The World Whiskies Awards is an annual international competition that selects, rewards, and promotes the best whiskeys from around the world by taste and design. The contest was launched in 2007 by Whiskey Magazine and is open to distillers, bottlers, producers, importers, wholesalers, and retailers of any whiskey. Although based in the United Kingdom, they accept entries from Europe, the United States, and Asia. Now, six of their top awards went to stuff that we have either tasted on air or talked about on air. Okay, yeah. Uh, Best American style whiskey is the Few American Straight Whiskey, and we're hoping to do, again, a long-promised episode on Few. Uh, The best single-barrel rye is Tumbling Dice. Single-barrel rye, which we covered in Jet's vault. Oh, yeah. Oh my God, it's yeah, so good. So good. Best Kentucky small batch bourbon is Four Roses small batch, which we did in last year's Madness tournament, the 2023. The best non-Kentucky finished bourbon is the Breckenridge Port Cask. Which we, we also did. We yeah. did Breckenridge on episode 67. The best single barrel bourbon is Four Roses single barrel. I don't think there's any bourbon that we have praised off air in our career yeah. more than Four Roses single barrel. Yeah, and uh, spoiler alert, it's going to show up in Madness 2024. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one that I want to highlight is the best Kentucky bourbon overall, the 1792 12 year. Did we have that once? We had at it at the Barton's tasting. Did at they a tasting, it? yeah. They had the 12 year. They there. had the, yeah. It right. was delicious. Yeah, it's really good. Barton's, you know, they put out a lot of good whiskeys. Yeah, we covered that on the Portly Bad episode, yes. episode 46. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, two stories in financial news. From Newsweek.com, recent whiskey price drops may be a concern. Not for me. (laughs) No, that's right. The luxury whiskey market has seen its steepest non-pandemic decline in auction prices in over a decade, possibly indicating pressures on the U.S. economy. Rare whiskeys have traditionally withstood market volatility, but according to the investment and advisory service Noble and Company's recent whiskey intelligence report, there has been a 7% drop in value since March of 2023. This fall followed a 19% increase in 2022, and March, the first major drop since 2012. I mean, not to interrupt you, but couldn't that just be a normal correction? Up 19, down 7, a net of 12, I mean, in two years? Yeah, right. Yeah. And there's a reason I'm yeah, doing yeah, this. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that ignores, of course, the 51% drop during the pandemic year of right. 2020, possibly indicating that consumers are cutting back on luxuries resulting from higher interest rates, increased costs of living, and slowing growth. And even though the risk of recession is now on the lower end and a rebound in rare whiskey values and transactions is expected, they still see this decline as a part of a broad trend affecting luxury goods overall. However, there has been growth in the volume
volume of bottles sold, primarily in the lower end of the luxury market, defined as bottles selling for less than $1,100. That's the bottom end. Possibly due to their accessibility and traders looking to make a quick profit. And yet, in the ultra premium segment, defined as bottles as $110,000, that's where me and it hang. Yeah, I backed off them because of inflation. That's right. Even though fewer bottles were sold, bottles that did sell commanded higher prices than usual. Okay, so here's why I included this. So one, I think it's bullshit to take a small drop in what the ultra-rich one percenters are doing with their vast wealth and extrapolate it onto the entire U.S. economy. Yeah. But two, you had sent me an interesting video by some random whiskey TikToker saying that he was seeing prices dropping on the secondary, and this was really the only evidence that I could find of yeah. it. But I wanted to talk about it. Right, because I think that we are still experiencing what Scott and I mentioned four years ago was the fact that the U.S. whiskey industry has finally recovered from prohibition, from being beat down to basically only six companies left. Mm. And now hundreds and hundreds of distilleries and thousands and thousands of brands and choices and expressions. Mm. Sure, the Pappies and the Wellers are always going to hit that bell. But I think people are like, I'm so busy trying all the new stuff coming out that's between 50 and 70 and 90 that I don't have the time or the desire to drink the stuff that I drank five, six years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm chasing tumbling dice. I want to find out about this new distillery few. I want to check out Courses, Whips and Whiskeys from Journeyman because I've never even heard of Journeyman. You know, this is not me talking. I'm being other people right now. But, right, right. but they're so busy spending their whiskey money on the newest new thing that I think they've moved away from the oldest great thing, if that makes sense, mm. like the nostalgic purchase of the Pappy. Yeah. Back in December, November, we had a story and we talked about one of the guys at the tasting. Uh, he was a rep for a local um, distributor yep. and he was talking about how sales had gone down recently. So I think that more than anything, sales going down would have an effect on the prices being paid now yes. right so that to me is more of an indicator than seven percent in the ultra rich categories yes i agree I, and once again i'd want to see speed boats going down seven percent i'd want to see jet skis i'd want to see upper level housing prices yeah. and expensive watches and all that stuff going down too to indicate that the uber rich are adjusting to inflation right right and who cares about right. them. <laughs> let's talk about them anyway they don't care about us so i don't care what they do with their money that's right i mean one thing i've learned is everybody has their own version of problems you know if you're worth five million and then tomorrow you're worth four million well you're still better than me and scott but you just lost a million dollars right yeah yeah you, you, you don't feel like you're better than us. right you're pretty pissed off yeah all right so this is sort of the opposite story from timeout.com japanese whiskey prices are on the rise again Japanese spirits have come a long way over the past few years. Used panties are up in Japan too, I hear, Scott. Wow. And the vending machines. Oh my goodness. Uh. Nobody wants my size anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sumo size. (laughs) I just tried to sell the used sumo wrap. (laughs) Uh, Whether it's craft gin or a coveted bottle of high-end whiskey, there are more options available now than ever before. And although the skyrocketing demand for Japanese whiskey has led to a short supply of several aged single malt varieties and steep price hikes, Japanese alcohol in general is likely to see another price increase in the spring of this year. And the reason is that Suntory Spirits has recently announced that it will be revising the prices of its domestic premium whiskey products starting with shipments as of April 1st. Suntory stated that the reason for the price increase is to help improve the product quality and upgrade its production facilities. But the country's high inflation is no doubt playing a role as well. A total of 117 alcoholic beverages will be affected by this price hike. 
Psych, with some labels more than doubling. For example, three of Suntory's top shelf whiskeys, Hakushu 25, Yamazaki 25, and Hibiki 30, will go from 160,000 yen, which is about $1,000 US, to an eye-watering 360,000 yen, which is about 2,400 US. So if you're a fan of Japanese whiskey, it might be time to go grab a bottle now before April's steep price hikes go into effect. I mean, that's not a bad idea, Scott. We should probably go out next month and grab some Japanese whiskey. Yeah, definitely. Like the Harmony. And, you know, if we want to ever do one of the upper Yamazakis, this might be the time to grab it. Yeah, definitely. Because we're thinking of doing maybe a Japanese episode again. Yeah. Have we done a Yamazaki, a top one? We did a 12-year one year, did we? I think we did Yamazaki, but I don't remember. Which yeah, was, so yeah. I, but I mean, there's an 18, and that's yeah, ridiculous. There's some high end yeah, ones. Yeah. That's going to blow the old Carter away if we go down that road. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so the next topic we have are sports and entertainment. Yes. From the USA Today, Fireball releases a lipstick inspired by Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I mean, two-thirds of that sentence made a lot of sense to me. A cinnamon lipstick, I can definitely see. Mm. I don't understand how it relates to uh, America's favorite couple to hate. Right. Uh, I don't hate them. No, I don't either. I don't understand it. I think she's a lovely girl. As lovely as you can be for a billionaire. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he comes from a good family. Like, he's a hardworking guy. He's a good player. So, But I'd rather see her than Jerry Jones every 20 seconds, like whenever Dallas plays. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so either the Crypt Keeper or Taylor Swift, I'll take Taylor. Yeah. As just another example of their continually creative marketing insanity, Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey has just released its first ever custom lipstick called Cinnamon Delight, inspired by Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, which sells for $13.87. The superstar couple's favorite numbers combined. I know, isn't that funny? I mean, look at me acting like I know what lipsticks cost. That seems expensive for lipstick. It does. In case you've been living under a rock for the past year, Kelsey is a tight end for the recent Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, who also drinks Fireball and is the boyfriend of billionaire singer-songwriter Taylor Swift, who was known for sporting ruby red lips. The lipstick, which not only features Fireball's signature red color, but also its cinnamon flavor and aroma, is now available to purchase online at FireballWhiskey.com. You know, there was somebody... um, well, wait, do the other... You want to super, do the other one? Do the other Super Bowl story, and I, I have a comment to make on it. Okay. From the Whiskey Riff, a 49ers fan goes viral after smashing his TV with a whiskey bottle. So it turned out that Super Bowl 58 was a really tough loss for the San Francisco 49ers. Hell yeah, it was. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> But the players aren't the only ones taking this one personally. Immediately after the Kansas City Chiefs pulled out a thrilling last-minute overtime win, crushing the hearts of San Francisco fans everywhere, at least one Super Bowl party was abruptly halted when a 49ers fan ran up to the TV, half drunk, and before you could yell touchdown, was smashing the screen with a 1.75-liter bottle of Jack Daniels, quickly distorting the broadcast's image. The epic display of anger was captured by cell phone, and the woman right behind the camera then turned it on herself to say, well, I'm uploading that right now. But I I mean, look at this guy. His face just screams, I drink monster energy drinks and hit women. <laughs> so, that's rough. Also, it's pretty telling that nobody in attendance seemed all that surprised at the outburst. So this is obviously not his first screen smashing rodeo. Way to ruin the Super Bowl, pal. Speaking of ruining the Super Bowl, somebody shot into the crowd at the Kansas City Chiefs parade. Yeah. And a woman was killed. Yeah. And like 20-something people injured? I mean, what the hell is going wrong with the world? But Taylor Swift sent $100,000 to the woman's family who was killed. Yeah. I mean, she certainly has no obligation to do that. No, that's amazing. You know, and I think Jerry Jones would send thoughts and prayers. So, um, <laughs> right. Just a, just a random kick at Jerry Jones, because why not? <laughs> Shade. Shade. Yeah. 
first of all, she was she at the parade? Could she have been shot? That would have been a hell of a story. No, she was actually on the plane back to do her oh, her, her show where Japan or wherever it was. I yeah, can't remember yeah, yeah. where she, she was. She traveled a far way to get Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, I just don't understand the world sometimes. You know, I mean, I'm frustrated that Casey keeps winning Super Bowls too, but you don't see me going to the crowd and just going off. I know they beat our Eagles last year. But yeah, they did the same thing. Maybe the Niners will be like more friendly with us because we both got kicked by the goddamn Chiefs in the heart. Yeah. Yeah, we felt like they were a little arrogant before the Super Bowl, and uh, now they've eaten some humble pie, for sure. I will say this. The Chiefs are always better than you think they are, and I don't know why we doubt them. I thought we were going to blow the doors off them last year, and their offensive line was way better than I expected. Yeah. And their defense this year was way better than I thought they were. So, people committing crimes, (laughs) shooting into parades, leads us right into true crime. So, this story is kind of wild. Okay. You ready? Yeah. From the drinks business, London craft whiskey founder arrested on 20-year-old murder-related charges. Polish national Lukasz Ratajewski, a.k.a. Darius Plazewski, founder of Bimber, one of the first English whiskey distillers to exist in London in over 100 years, is facing extradition to Poland, where he is alleged to have fled from after being sentenced to a three-year jail term in 2003. As presiding justice Judith Farby explained, the applicant is said to have supplied an AK-47 rifle and ammunition to be used as a murder weapon, and although no murder actually took place, he faces a Additional charges, including conspiracy to supply cannabis, LSD, and heroin, with the earliest charge dating back to 1998. At the time, Polish authorities issued an arrest warrant for Radievsky, but under his new pseudonym, he went undetected in the UK for 20 years. Mm. In 2015, Radievsky used the knowledge of moonshine production gleaned from his father and grandfather, the word bimber in fact means moonshine in Polish, to launch a career in the English whiskey industry producing 50,000 bottles per year for the global market. In October of 2023, he opened a second distillery in Speyside, Scotland, which he had hoped to scale up to 200,000 bottles per year. Arguing for barrel, barrister George Hepburn Scott told the court that Radievsky has put down strong roots in the West London community where he and his partner live, as well as raising a family and establishing his whiskey business, saying he's a devoted father and in respect of his business, he's an integral part. His position is irreplaceable and he employs a large number of people. It's inconceivable that after more than 20 years of hard work here, he would go on the run. But Tom Cockroft, representing the Polish regional court, argued by stating the obvious that (laughs) Radievsky still presents a clear risk if granted bail, pointing to his use of false identity for over 20 years, which has demonstrated that he can't be trusted. He is a fugitive from justice. Although Radievsky claimed that he was compelled to use an alias because he had been involved with various serious and violent criminals and that his life was in danger, Justice Farby dismissed the bid for bail telling the court that there was no evidence that he fled Poland for any other reason than to avoid his sentence. Uh-huh. On May 4th, a magistrate will decide whether Radievsky should be sent back to Poland to face trial. That's a crazy story, man. But I, I have to kind of side with the judge on this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he escaped for 20 years and like, why are you starting a whiskey distillery? Like, why are you trying to get so high profile? I guess he felt comfortable i mean it was oh man after 20 years it was 12 years when he started the whiskey company how did he get caught it didn't actually say how he got Mm, caught interesting yeah all right so i want to take a little side thing for a minute yeah a guy that i knew from one of the colleges i went to i went to many colleges in my life multiple degrees and some not degrees (laughs) (laughs) max saveco he has an art gallery that you can visit online. 
he specializes in several different things. He has some sports ones and cows too. I don't understand that. But he really does a great job on whiskey prints. Looking through the website right now, whether it's a Weller, a Maker's Mart, Blanton's. This is art he does himself? He does. He paints himself. See? He paints them? He okay. paints them. Oh, wow. Those are cool. Yeah, he paints like still life. Like that's him right there. Okay. We actually played football together. Yeah, he looks like a big guy. Yeah, he was a center. I played defensive line. So he, he sent this he to He sent you. a print for us to kind of look at and talk about. Okay. And I thought people would be interested. It's a signed print by Max. Uh, I have an idea what it is. Scott doesn't know what it is. No. Um, it comes with the certificate of authenticity. And there's like a little tiny Pappy one in here. I don't know what that means. Oh, like, well, i got to ask him about that. Like a little postage stamp of Pappy. Oh, yeah. It's just a tiny little. Yeah, so he must have done a Pappy print too. Oh, we'll take a picture of this and put it on our and, Instagram. Uh, yeah, it's a whistle pig boss hog. Oh yeah, look at that. A dram of it in front and a nice shadowing. So yeah. it kind of represents the beauty of the boss hog whistle pig bottle. This is the second print out of 300. So I feel blessed that I have such an early one. <laughs> Yeah, one day when he's dead, this will be worth so much money, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You're already wishing him dead. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, no, <laughs> no. I just pointed out, as all artists, I would assume that since this is the second okay. of the 300. All right. I mean, I'm not going to run him down in his front lawn or something. <laughs> I would never think of that. But anyway, all kidding aside, everybody. Yeah. Max Aveco Art Gallery. I'll give you the address, and it'll be in our description as well. Yeah, Saveco, S-A-V-A-I-K-O. Right. Max Aveco. Yeah, and give his uh, website. It, it's simply Max Aveco, spelled again. S-A-V-A-I-K-O. Then the word art and then dot com. Oh, there you go. Really easy to work with you. Not only can you buy prints like he provided us with today, but you also can get stationery, phone cases, beach blankets, coffee mugs. Oh, shit. Even, even put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. It can come framed or ours came rolled up. Max couldn't... Uh, <laughs> Spring for, a frame. spring for a frame evidently no it's <laughs> but the um but uh i haven't seen anything quite like this that you can get so easily it is an essential for any man cave if you want to commission a special painting he would definitely work that out with you um he even has a, a snack one with like milk and Reese <laughs> so you could hang it in your kid's room maybe you know what i mean yeah or in your kitchen if you own a bar and a restaurant, this is also tremendous art that can kind of like set the tone around the bar area. Also, you put the whiskey bottles in your kids' room. It's never too early <laughs> to let them know what good whiskey is. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That's a joke. Max is like, Jesus, Ed, just talk about the good parts and shut up. No, but we might like have him on for a news episode to chat with him. Sure. So we, you know, I'm making up what he does, but I'm sure he would love to tell people what, what, he, actually what he actually does and what he will do for you and what other things you can get from him. So once again, maxivancoart.com. Thanks. Thanks, Max. All right, the next thing that we do are some of the new whiskeys that you can buy this month. So the first one is a trio of whiskeys, Angel's Envy Cellar Collection Series, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. This trio of Angel's Envy releases being sold as a set brings together half bottles of the brand's fortified wine-finished bourbons at higher-than-normal proofs. Oloroso Sherry at 100 proof, Madeira at 100 proof also, and Tawny Port at 112.6 proof. Only 8,000 of the sets are being released in 30 states, and at the distillery, there's no age statement, but it's around four to six years, plus six months in the various barrels finishes. It's 72 percent corn 18 percent rye 10 percent malted barley the msrp for the set is 400 which is 133 dollars each but remember these are half bottles i know yeah. i mean i'd have to try them but we're just okay with the angel envy mm -hmm. bourbon itself 
I understand these are going to be better and different. Yeah. And I believe that. But you're talking about 250 a bottle, and now we're in that range where I can drink a lot more whiskeys that I like a lot for half that money a bottle. You uh, know, absolutely. I mean, my God, 150 is still like where I like to stop at. I have gone over it a couple of times in my life, but not much. I don't feel the need to buy $300 bottles. I don't <laughs> beat up people who buy $600 bottles a lot or $1,200 bottles. I don't criticize you. Do what you can. Do whatever you do, want to do. Yeah. Right. But from my perspective, it's like I won't really enjoy it as much when I taste it and I go like, you know what? Yeah. Is this $400 Weller, whatever, better than the Weller 107 that I can get for like 140 mm -hmm. or something, you know what I mean? Or the Willet Rod 117 proof that I can get for 59 now? Mm -hmm. Or the 100 proof Four Roses single barrel that's like less than 50. Right. So like, yes, we have tasted some very special expressions that are better than a normal bottle, but are they five times better is what we talk about. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Scott. Okay. So the next one is a Bullet American single malt. Mm -hmm. a not yet, but possibly someday addition to their core lineup. Bullet quietly released this single malt just a couple weeks ago, sourced mostly from the Pacific Northwest from distillate that used fruity yeasts. Did you drink it all? No, it's right there. I think we'll, we'll do a quick taste on it. Oh. Why you want to have some right now? I feel like I want to drink some right now. <laughs> <laughs> this news is not as much fun for me because we haven't started drinking yet because we have so much to drink tonight that we're doing like a sober news. <laughs> sober news. Sober news. Uh, there's no age statement. It's 90 proof. It's 100% malted barley. Light red fruit, pear, cocoa powder, caramel, vanilla cupcake with minimal graininess and maltiness. The MSRP is 60. We picked it up for, I think, a little less of that. Yeah. I think it was like 55 or something. It was delicious. Yeah. We already had it. We could do a quick taste on it, but I've already tasted it. Yeah, we've already tasted it. We really so it'll, it. we'll make it a longer taste, but... Yeah, but we didn't really go through... No, no, no. We just... We saw it in the store. We'd never heard of it. We both were like kids in Christmas. Like, oh my <laughs> God. Because oh, Bullet's always been good to us. Yeah. And um, their single barrel was one of the best whiskeys I've ever had for under $60. Their barrel strength is just almost too much sometimes. Yeah. Their 10 years, very good. 10 years, very good. I didn't like the 12-year rye. That was one no. thing I like. I think I was so excited for it. Yeah. I'd rather have the regular rye Yeah, for 35 bucks. And, and the regular bullet rye, we feature all the time when we make cocktails. And yeah. we, it was our very first episode. Yep. We were definitely excited because we couldn't wait to open it. We oh, got yeah. back We here. got home and opened it right away. Like, like literally, I, I'm surprised we weren't just taking pulls out of the bottle as we we're driving down the road from the store. <laughs> All right, so the next one is a Catoctin Creek Rabble Rouser bottled in Bond Rye. Mm -hmm. Virginia's Catoctin Creek Distilling Company released their oldest expression yet as a way of commemorating its upcoming 15th anniversary this month, representing the first batch of whiskey aged using 53-gallon barrels. Prior to 2017, they used 30-gallon barrels. It's six years aged, it's 100 proof, and 100% rye. Cocoa powder, dusted chocolate truffles, rye spice, spearmint dark chocolate pretzels, salted caramel, dry oak, and baking spices the MSRP is 99. The master distiller is just one of the neatest people to talk to. Yeah. She's so down to earth. It's almost like your next door neighbor, like, oh my God, I made scones. Would you guys like some? <laughs> she's like, oh my God, I made like honey infused whiskey. Have you had it? It's like, that's so true. It's like she's Becky Harris. Isn't yeah, it? And she's like, oh, here's the whiskey I made with Guar, the <laughs> most right. insane band ever. Like just her sitting around with Guar, like their testicles on the table. And she's like, oh, let's try a little more uh, maple cup. <laughs> I didn't make war disgusting. They did. Don't blame me. <laughs> oh, shit. Becky knows what they're like. Yeah, Becky knows. But no, I, we met Becky at least one time. Yeah, at the tasting at the lounge. Right. We met her and she was lovely. Yep. We sent her over to Benash because Benash had a lot of her products and they did a barrel together. And mm -hmm. so her up visiting New Jersey, it was great to be part of her day. Right. Um, the next one is another bottle of wine, rye uh, from High West. 
This is a distillery exclusive, but if you're a High West Saloon Society member or live in Kentucky, North Dakota, Nebraska, New Hampshire, or District New of Columbia, not New Jersey, unfortunately, New Jersey. you can order it via their website. It's at least four years aged, 100 proof. It's 80% rye, 20% malted rye. Uh, listen to these tasting notes. Toasted brioche, spiced pear jam, oatmeal raisin cookies, toffee, rock candy, lavender, and ginger. That's the nose. See, I don't mind that. They're all tasting notes no like, no i'm saying these are incredible yeah yeah notes. i was gonna say like yeah. this isn't like where we criticize no no for, okay yeah. all right i was gonna say i'm all in right now yeah that's right on the palate cooked apples sage the toasty edge of a sugar cookie <laughs> now we're bordering <laughs> we're bordering now go ahead yeah, nutmeg cinnamon candies cocoa nibs and juniper spice on the finish coconut caramel pie crust and wildflower honey the msrp is 80 coconut it's a really weird you know you don't get coconut a lot in whiskey notes um Mm-mm. 80. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, High West, whenever they do something different, they make a big deal out of it price-wise. Yeah. yeah. So that's anything under 100 for them in this case is probably good. Yeah, it is an exclusive. Is it worth driving to D.C., getting a P.O. box, ordering it, <laughs> hanging out there for six weeks, getting it and driving back? I don't know. But if you can get it, why not? I mean, High West does a lot of good stuff. Yeah, they do. All right, so the next one is uh, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof A124. So the ECBP's first batch Batch, the A1 part of 2024, the 24 part has hit the shelves. It's 10 years and nine months aged, 119 proof, 78% corn, 10% rye, 12% malted barley, vanilla, toasted oak, butterscotch, caramel, baking spice, and a hint of fruitiness by the way of apple and orange. The MSRP is 75. That's actually more approachable. A lot of their stuff has been like 133 and 134. Yeah, this is a little lower. So, I mean, it sounds good to me. And 75? Yeah. I, I think that's pretty fair. I agree. Uh, the next one, Jack Daniels, has new whiskeys out. Two periodic releases. It's 10-year batch three and it's 12-year batch two. Both are Tennessee whiskeys. Uh, the 10-year is 97 proof. The 12-year is 107 proof. Uh, both are, of course, 80% corn, 8% rye, 12% malted barley. No tasting notes yet. I couldn't find. Yeah. Um, the MSRP of the 10-year is 85 and the 12-year is 95. Both of these are up $15 from last year and they're both only 700 milliliter bottles. Yeah. Well, you know how it is. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing that now. Yep. Doesn't Bash 2 have a song? Bam, 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 Woohoo! That's song 2. Oh, song 2. Woohoo! If you actually found it for those prices, it wouldn't be crazy prices for a 10-year and a 12-year Jack Daniels expression. No, yeah. The problem is you don't find them for that price. They jack it up on you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ha ha! Get what see I did there? Ah, jack it up. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Didn't you, though? Well, Doug will get him. We'll go over Doug's house. Okay. All right. So the next one we have is Old Forester has a new brand called the 1924 10-year-old bourbon. This is the fifth release in Old Forester's Whiskey Row series, joining the 1870 original batch, the 1897 bottled and bond, the 1910 old fine whiskey, and the 1920 Prohibition style. It harkens back to a time when, during Prohibition, using one of the six licenses to sell medicinal whiskey, they bought up different mash bills from different distilleries and bottled it as their own. It's 10 years age, it's 100 proof. The mash bill is 79% corn, 11% rye, 10% malted barley, which is different from their usual 72% corn, 18% rye, and 10% malted barley. Apple cider, butterscotch, cranberry, cherry, prune on the nose, red currant, plum, maple, hazelnut, tobacco on the palate, and the finish as raspberry oak, barrel char, graham cracker, and allspice. It's $115 MSRP, but I'm already seeing it on the secondary for $400. Well, 
All right, we'll see if we ever find that. Yeah. But, I mean, none of the other ones in that series are that ridiculous. No, they're not. I mean, they're not. And in my opinion, to put something out that that's far away from the other ones, and you should not have included it and named it the way you did. Name it something special, like they had their birthday one and other crap like mm -hmm. that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The next one, a uh, trio of whiskeys being released by Redwood Empire, part of their highly anticipated small lot series. The first one is Devil's Tower, a high rye four grain bourbon blended from 25 barrels of Redwood Empire's own stuff. Stuff. It's aged at least five years. It's 99 proof, 51% corn, 45% rye, 2% wheat, and 2% malted barley. The MSRP is 80. The second one is Foggy Burl. Their first attempt at a single malt using seven different malt varieties. It's at least four years aged, 94 proof. Uh, the mash is not disclosed. The MSRP is 100 for that one. That's and interesting. Seven different malt blended together? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How much is that? 100. Yeah, I was going to say, for that much effort. Yeah. Uh -huh. The last one is Screaming Titan, which is a great name. Another four grain blended from their own distillate with whiskeys also from Indiana and Kentucky. It's at least five years aged, 96 proof. 59% corn, 7% rye, 30% wheat, and 4% malted barley. That is also $100. Once again, Redwood's creeping up. They used to be really affordable. Yeah, well, this is their small lot. It's uh, uh, it's limited it It's limited release. Why don't you marry them then? It's not their core expressions. <laughs> Everyone's getting into the game, right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, well, why should we charge 60 when everyone else is charging 80 pretty soon? And that's what happens. That's what happened to the Uber rich is 7%. <laughs> yeah. The next one, the second to last, is Traveler Whiskey. This is a collaboration between singer-songwriter Chris Stapleton and Buffalo Trace master distiller Harlan Wheatley, blended with whiskeys from Sazerac Company distilleries, most likely Buffalo Trace, A. Smith Bowman, and Barton's. There's no age statement. It's 90 proof. There's no mash bill disclosed. Green apple, green grape, light oak, maple sugar candy, sweet corn, caramel, buttercream, mild spice, and candy fruit. The MSRP is 40. You think with Chris Stapleton's name, they could have got another $10 out of that. Maybe. 50. Maybe. It is. Very but it's pretty price. much all the leftover whiskey from the distilleries you mentioned. <laughs> we had this, or I don't know if you tried it. Gabe brought it over your place when we watched the Super Bowl. I had a little bit of it. It's quite good, especially for I $40. I didn't, I didn't try it. You didn't try it? Maybe he'll bring it today. Yeah, maybe he will. He's coming over to do the madness in just a bit. All right, so the next one is Very Old St. Nick Winter Maple. We haven't talked about Old St. Nick on the podcast before. We just, you know what? We see the bottles everywhere. They, they're very they're, expensive. They're Well, they're just annoyingly expensive, right? They're not crazy <laughs> expensive. They're like, what, one? 138 and like 158 or something like that they just kind of sit there like hmm we look like pappy bottles but we're not pappy bottles <laughs> you true. know what i mean and it's like god should we just get one and like we're like ah we'll get something else exactly and we, we i think we've not bought them like 12 times yeah definitely preservation distillery and farms newest addition to the very old saint nick lineup is a blend of kentucky bourbon and rye whiskeys finished using french oak and maple wood there's no age statement but it's purportedly four years aged it's 112 proof the mash is not disclosed buttered cornbread baking spices, maple syrup, raisins, rye spice, animal crackers, toasted marshmallow, and brown sugar. The MSRP is 169 And here's what my problem is. The very old St. Nick is not very old, but they charge prices like it's very old. <laughs> right. All right, 169 for a four-year-old whiskey? Yeah, that's the it, hesitation. It better, it better come out of my shot glass and give me a handy. Uh. <laughs> Fuck that, man. Four-year whiskey, you got a lot of balls to spend four years on a whiskey and then try to charge us $169. Yeah, and that's why we almost bought it. But didn't. And this is what happens in the store. 12 times. 
it's not very old. That's what makes you mad. It's, yeah. It's not even old. Yeah. It's barely mature. And Santa has nothing to do exactly. with it. Exactly. It has nothing to do with stop acting like you're Santa Claus. <laughs> so this was one that I saw. So every Christmas we do sort of a Christmas yep. kind of whiskey and this yep. was like perfect for that, right? Yep. So I asked Taylor at Benash what her experience was of them and she's like, they're okay, but they're too expensive yep. for what they are and, yep. and they're just kind of what okay. I said. Yep. <laughs> just what I said. That's what I said. That's right. All right. So do you want to talk about Honor's new gig? Sure. Broken Goblet was originally a brew pub in Pennsylvania, pretty much Bristol. Yeah. Bristol, Pennsylvania. Um, we've known the, the people that run that and own that for a while now. A lot of times we come into the local mm-hmm. and um, we're very friendly with Anders. And uh, I'm not going to say they poached Anders, but <laughs> I mean, uh, well, they, I think they kind of did. <laughs> I mean, I think they kind of did. So um, Anders left the local lounge yeah. after five successful years there. Yeah. We built a great thing there and we're still members there and we do miss them. But the people there are great and what he started there will continue. But now he's working with uh, Broken Goblet and they recently have applied for getting a distiller's license. They have their federal one. I think they're waiting for the state. They, we've seen the still there. It's pretty cool looking. Yeah. And they have really good beers there. I mean, really good oh, beers. Oh, yeah. Those the name my favorite was the um, Clawing at the Coffin Lid or something. <laughs> yes, that's it. It was like a stout and the title was Clawing at the Coffin Lid. It's my favorite name of a beer. <laughs> Love it. And it was really good. It was good. Yeah. Very, very good time there. So uh, anybody in the southeastern Pennsylvania area, if you're looking for a, a good spot, and by the way, they have great shows every weekend yeah so they have a venue attached to their bar area yeah yeah and we saw a chris cornell cover band yeah and they were excellent yeah it was super super un- unknown yep. yeah mm-hmm. named after a soundgarden album that's right yeah um they were really good and yeah. they were a lot of fun and uh, it was a great night and that was just last week so yeah and that's where i got my cold so if you yeah <laughs> if i sound a little nasal to you that's why Right, because he's such a shut-in. Like his immune system's in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes, it's true. He goes it's on. probably true. It's like a homeschooled kid. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, what are boobies? Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about what's coming up March and April. For yeah, us. that's right. So uh, the last thing we do is what's coming up in the next two months because we won't have a news in March. Yeah, we have five full weeks of whiskey madness, twenty twenty-four. Yes. yes, yes our favorite time of the year and for our hardcore listeners everybody loves whiskey madness yeah, time it's a lot of fun on the first we're going to do our madness pregame show previously just a short but we're yep. going to expand it we're going to reveal all the 18 whiskeys that we have right, which i don't think we've ever done before we always kept it a surprise but now we want to kind of get some anticipatory discussion through our 12s of fans oh anticipatory and uh, you'd even mess that up no nice. well, i haven't drank <laughs> This is sober Ed. You know, nobody likes sober Ed. He's all precise and on top of everything. Sober Ed is so sad. I'm speaking fluid French. (laughs) Um, On the 8th, we'll do the Madness Round 1, which are the head-to-head matchups in the first two brackets. On the 15th, will be Round 2, the head-to-head matchups in the other two brackets. And on the 22nd, the Madness Round 3, which are the bracket finals or the quarterfinals or the grade 8, whatever you want to call it. And the last Friday in March, the 29th, the overall semifinals and the final pour. Yes. And then in April, this is nine in a row, we are doing our last call, winter of 2024, our semi-annual recap show. Yep. On the 12th, we have episode 72 to be determined. We don't know exactly what we're doing yet. We're ironing it out, but we have- We have a list. We have like six weeks to have to record that. Yeah, it's true. It's far off. On the 19th, we're doing a whiskey short, possibly the Bullet American Single Malt. We do have another one. I got you for your birthday. We could do with that. You already have that still? Yeah, it's in the vault. (laughs) I get a birthday present. I get to hold it for a minute, but then it goes into the vault and I don't get to drink it for like months <laughs> i'm like a kid in an orphanage where we all share the same present for the press <laughs> <laughs> can i have some more sir <laughs> like oliver twist 
And the twist is you don't get any whiskey. Exactly right. <laughs> and on April 26th, we'll be right back here doing the whiskey news for March and April. Right. It'll be a long one. Yeah. All right. That's never what she says when I'm in the room. <laughs> Unless it's a story. <laughs> all right. That's all I got, Ed. Take all right. Out. Well, that was a great episode of news, Scott. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Max Savenko at MaxSavenkoArt.com for a beautiful print of the Boss Hog Bottle. And if you have any interest, once again, for your man cave or your restaurant or your bar. And, uh, or your children's room. <laughs> yeah, right. Or for your children's room. And so uh, if you can find some of those whiskeys, there's some affordable ones out there. Yeah. And remember, every bottle is $20 more than I feel like spending. Mm. And so thanks so much for tuning in for the Whiskey Tangent Podcast. I'm Ed. I'm Scott. Cheers, everybody. Mm, Later. Later.